Blog Talk Radio. Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science and spirituality are telling us that we are literally all connected. We are literally all one. Therefore, whatever you do to another person, you are really doing to another aspect of yourself. And when the world awakens to this universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is Body and Soul Connection of Yoga Healing with Laura Rubin Alexiu. Uh, Laura is the owner of Steamtown Hot Yoga in Scranton, Pennsylvania. She has been teaching yoga for over 15 years. I met Laura about two months ago when I started um, my hot yoga practice. I first heard about hot yoga several years ago when I was listening to a videotape of Dr. Wayne Dyer. Uh, He mentioned that he had been running several miles, I think maybe about seven miles a day for many, many, many years. And he had now, he was not running anymore, he was doing uh, hot yoga every day for 90 minutes, and he said he got more of a workout, a more intense workout from a 90-minute hot yoga session than he ever did with running miles and miles a day. So that that was really inspiring, and I had never heard, I'd heard of yoga, but I had never heard of hot yoga before. Um, then something this summer, I had extra time. Um, I just started searching for hot yoga in my area, and I discovered Steamtown Hot Yoga. And when I discovered um, that uh, site, I also found a videotape uh, of Laura, which I would like for her to talk to you and share more with you in a little while on that. So I'd like to welcome Laura to Awake to Oneness Radio. Thank you, Laura, so much. I'm I'm loving my hot yoga classes. I, oh, I wish thank I could, you, Caroline. <laughs> I wish I could go every day. I really, if if it was a little bit closer, Steamtown, um, Scranton is about a half an hour away from where I live, and if it was just a, if it was 15 minutes closer, I would be there every day. I I'm just loving it. But thank you so much, uh, Laura, for. Uh, being with us today, and um, I was what I wanted to share with the audience is when I discovered um, Steamtown Hot Yoga, I also um, found, found the TEDx video of you um, speaking, and what really touched me was the fact that you were diagnosed with MS in 2003. Um, and the reason that touched me so much um, resonated with me because I have a daughter, so almost your age, I think she's about two years younger than you. She was also diagnosed with MS um, the same exact year, 2003, when she was 23. So when I, I just like I, when I saw the video, I was like, I have to meet you. <laughs> I have to go. Um, so. Please um, share with uh, our listeners your story of um, yoga and your journey with our listeners. All right. Thank you. Well, I started my yoga practice not really knowing anything about yoga, just really having an idea that I should do some yoga. And I'm not quite sure even exactly why I thought that. At the time, it was, you know, it was about 15 years ago, and yoga was around, but it certainly wasn't as mainstream as it is today. And mm-hmm. um, hot yoga certainly was not as mainstream as it is today. But I had, I just dabbled a little bit 
in yoga when I was in college, and I thought, you know, like I could, I could probably do that. That might be what I'm, what I'm looking for, because I really felt like I was looking for something. You know, there was definitely a search that was going on within me. And mm-hmm. I bring that up because I see that in my students who come in. Um, I've had the studio for about eight years now, and we get all different kinds of people, as you know, from all the different people whom you've met yourself coming to class in the last couple months. We really get a wide variety. But the common theme is that everybody is really searching for something. There's something that they feel is missing, and they somehow feel that perhaps attending these yoga classes will somehow fulfill them in some way. And everybody articulates that a little differently, but I really have seen over the years that that's that's the common theme that brings people to yoga. There's some feeling of of emptiness. There's some kind of void, just something not right. And you think, oh, well, try some yoga. See if that's going to fix me right up. Mm -hmm. So I had that same feeling and I started practicing yoga and I found I found hot yoga and because there's a lot of different kinds and when I found a hot yoga practice I just felt like wow this is this is really this is it this is my yoga and I've never looked back since doing that and at the time that I started um, I would say that I was in I was in fairly good health. I mean, I, I certainly wasn't in poor health. I didn't go to yoga specifically for any kind of health reason. Um, I did end up losing weight through the practice. I did end up toning up, getting stronger, getting more flexible, all of those things. I did find that my mind, for the first time I think ever in my life, really had a clarity. I felt, I felt a happiness. I really felt a joy in myself, in my own skin, that I had never felt before. And then a couple years into my practice, I was met with my MS. And mm-hmm. what happened okay. was um, I, I really tell people that, like, when I went to yoga, I really started feeling good, and, and I started having a very good sense of waking up in the morning and literally just saying to the world, like, wow, here it is, it's another day, and I feel so good today. You know, I literally had that feeling every day when I would wake up. And then I woke up one day, and I didn't have that feeling, and I, and I just... I knew that there was something not right with me, um, and I and I want to say that because I remember being younger. You know, I was, I was 25 at the time, or not yet. I think I was I was 24, maybe turning 25. Um, I was diagnosed in March, and my birthday's in April, so I can't remember. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. I can't exactly remember if I was just wow. about to be 25 or if I was about to be 26. I just can't remember exactly. That that is that is also coincidental. With my daughter, I told you she was also diagnosed in 2003, and she was diagnosed her birthday month. Her birthday, um, I can't remember the day she was diagnosed, but her birthday is in, I know she was diagnosed in October, and her birthday is in October. So she was Mm. just turning, she was 22, just turning 23 when she was diagnosed. So that's a another coincidence uh, or similarity in in your your story and my daughter's story. Awesome. But go ahead. You were telling us. Sure. And I, my first symptoms were uh, like a tingling in my, in my feet up to my knees. Um, It's called neuropathy for people Mm -hmm. who um, might be familiar with that. And it's a very, it's a very distinct, distinct pain, like anyone who's listening who's ever experienced that. Um, it, it's it's not like anything else. You know, it's something you feel and you know that this is, it's it's not a pulled muscle. It's not a, like the, it, there's, a, there's an internal feeling about it, sort of a nerve pain kind of feeling. And um, I found that in addition to this, um, I had, I had just this this tiredness, um, tiredness in my body and tiredness in my limbs that I'd never felt. Because as I said, like I had this really strong practice. I was young. I was, you know, I was full of life. I felt really good. And then suddenly everything just 
became a struggle. And I remember at the time of my diagnosis, uh, reading up on it and, and listening to other people, and there was a man who spoke about it, and I can't remember who said this, but he just he just seemed to nail it on the head. And he said that you feel as if your legs have turned into peanut butter and been dipped in lead. Mm-hmm. And that was exactly what it felt like when I heard him say that. I thought, yes, that's exactly what it is. It's like your legs are peanut butter. There's just there's no strength in them, and they weigh 10,000 pounds, and you can just barely pick up one foot after another to take a step. Everything was just so trying. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't know, I didn't know what was going on, and you know, I was a little mm-hmm. bit scared. Like this was definitely weird, and I didn't know anyone, you know, who had anything like this. So I, I wasn't quite sure what was going on. And a few days later, uh, maybe a week later, I started going blind in my right eye, and it took me a little while to figure out that that was what was happening. And at first it was just like, it was sort of like a glare in my eye. And I thought, oh, well, that's like weird. Maybe the the window, like the light is changing with the equinox. You know, I didn't know what, what was going on. And then I remember um, looking at my computer. I was doing computer work at the time and like being staring at my screen and not really being able to see the computer screen. And then combined with this other issue I was having and how I was feeling when I woke up in the morning, I just knew that something was was really wrong and I knew that I had to get it looked at. And so that prompted me to, you know, look into going to the doctor and I was very fortunate to go to a very good doctor and a very good neurologist who was able to get me that diagnosis pretty much right away because sometimes mm-hmm. people with MS will experience, um, it's it's difficult to find what doctor to go to and you can sometimes kind of get, get the runaround. You know, you'll go to the eye doctor because you can't see and you'll go to the orthopedist because your feet are bothering you and like it kind of takes a little bit to get to the right place. Um, so I was fortunate in that I, I got to the right place fairly quickly and and got this um really what was it what was a devastating devastating diagnosis at the time and i didn't know you know i didn't know what was going to happen to me um at the time i was i was on schedule to attend um a very rigorous teacher training program and i didn't know if i would be able to go or not be able to go i didn't know if i could do everything that was expected of me um there's not always a lot of information about your process when you go through this diagnosis because everyone has such a different experience with this disease that there's not a, okay, first this is what happens, then this happens, and this medication does this, and this works, and this doesn't work. Like there's not really, at the time, there really wasn't anything like that. It was a lot of unknowns, a lot of, well, you know, some people find that this happens. Other people find that this happens. This medication works for some people. It doesn't work for other people. Like there was just a lot of unknown information. And so as I kind of looked into the future, I really didn't know what was going on. There was a lot of uncertainty for me at the how, time. How many different medications were, were once you were diagnosed? Do you remember how many different medications did you try or were you on a certain number of medications? I was pretty much on two medications. Um, I began, um, I immediately began on interferon medication, um, which was called Rebus at the time. I, I think it's still on the market. I don't follow it as closely as I used to, and I know mm-hmm. they have a lot more drugs now than they did at the time. But um, that was what I went on. Is that what I went on first? I think so, because um, I did switch a few times. But okay. I think that was what I initially started with. And then I also took intravenous steroids, um, mm-hmm. which were really, really rough. Uh, they just they just really, they, they, they cleared up. They cleared up my vision um, pretty much. It, it took about two years for my vision to come back 100%, but after two months of, um, four days a piece of intravenous steroids, um, my, my vision started coming back. It sort of went from sort of like a white, like a white blindness to, to just kind of blurry. And then I could feel like if I really concentrated into that eyeball, I could start to 
see things again, and the doctor mm-hmm. said that it should continue to clear up. But it, and it took about two years for that to really, yeah. really completely clear up. But I did a lot of intravenous steroids, and mm-hmm. then I went on um, the uh, the interferon injection. And at the time, I think it was three times a week that I did that. And okay. through that process, um, I continued my yoga practice. Which right. um, which was hot yoga, and I bring that up because they say in MS, don't go into the heat, don't warm your body up. You know that's really contraindicated for for mm-hmm. people with MS. And my doctor told me that, um, and I was like, well, I think, what 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 are you really saying? Like, are you saying that this is going to hurt me? Is it going to make me worse? Is it going to do irrevocable damage to me, or are you just saying? I may be uncomfortable. And he said, you may be uncomfortable. When you come out of the heat and you cool down, there should be no lasting effects. I don't believe that you're damaging yourself. So I was like, okay. With that, I felt confident enough that I was just going to keep doing it. And if I decided that it was very uncomfortable to me and made me feel worse, then I would, I would reevaluate if I was going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And I can really tell you, it's, it's the best decision I made to keep to keep doing it, to just keep at it. And there were days I couldn't get through class. Um, you know, there were days I could barely, you know, pick up my feet and stand on one leg and do all those things. It was very, very challenging. But mm-hmm. I just needed I just needed to get to class. You know, it was the one place I could go and feel feel like myself. And this is mm-hmm. what you mentioned earlier about my TED talk. That's that's what I started speaking right. about that in yoga class, I really felt like there was a connection to myself on the soul level that brought me peace and really mm-hmm. brought me healing and brought me even into a space of mind that I could that I could heal, like where healing was a possibility for me. Mm-hmm. Because when I got this diagnosis, my anxiety, which I'd never had before, skyrocketed and you're just like everything kind of puts you on edge and I remember you know everything made me cry and you know you get very depressed um, and sometimes they say oh the medications can make you depressed sometimes they say well you've just had this devastating diagnosis that makes you depressed so like you're kind of just just not yourself I really wasn't my joyful self but when I could go to my hot yoga then I could connect with that joyful self and I felt like I was doing something empowering for myself. And I think that that, that kept me going. It really, mm-hmm. I really wanted to attend the teacher training. I wanted to ultimately become a teacher. I wanted to have a studio one day. Like, you know, there was a life that I wanted to be able to live. And I really made the choice that I didn't want this to define me, that I had other right. things in my life that I wanted to be, and I didn't want, you know, this one occurrence, this one label, this one diagnosis to be what my whole life was about. So I really decided to do what I needed to do and to go with recommendations from the doctors and do what they told me to do. And then I was also going to do everything in my power that made me feel empowered and made me feel that I was making good, healthy decisions, not just physically, but really emotionally, mentally, and on the soul level for myself. Mm-hmm. So when when did you um, kind of feel the turnaround? Like it, I know you said it took like mm-hmm. two years for your vision and that one eye to clear up, but um, and you kept with your yoga practice. You were having difficulty walking. Um, I, from the video, you said it was really difficult even to walk up a flight of stairs. So when yes. did that? When did that turn around for you, yeah, your, that's your mobility? Yeah, a great question. I would say that I was diagnosed in March. Um, I, I did go out to the teacher training program, which was a very intense three-month program. Um, I was living in Pennsylvania. I had to – or no, where was mm-hmm. I living? I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time. And I had to go out to L.A. where I didn't know anyone and go to this training that I really wanted to go. That was where my focus was. And I remember mm-hmm. even at the time of that, that um, that mobility was, it, it was possible. And I think if you looked at me, you wouldn't really think anything was wrong, but it took a lot. It took a lot of effort, and I would have to rest 
a lot. So I don't think I don't think you would really notice it if you were out with me. I don't. I, I may have walked a little bit slower. I definitely avoided stairs when I could, mm-hmm. and you know, always took the elevator places. Um, but I, I don't think it was as noticeable as it was when I first started. Um, I didn't have to rest quite as much, but it was still it was still trying. And I would say it probably took the the pain had subsided by then. I would say that that um, within maybe four months that my feet felt better. So walking oh, okay. was not as painful. However, going mm-hmm. barefoot was still painful. I, I could be in shoes, and I went through this whole process that certain shoes and certain socks were okay and certain ones triggered the pain. So I went through this sort of purging process of all my shoes and all my socks because um, some of them just constricted too much and brought the neuropathy back. Um, so I was but real careful you- about what kind of shoes and socks, but it was probably – a year before I felt like like I had my normal my normal self, my normal strength back. So by March of the following year, you That's you what were I would say. I, I would say that. I remember going, I always went, you know, I, I was on still on very heavy medication and I would see my doctor every month and they go through all these different tests and they they test all of your reflexes and um they test your strength and all of that. And I, I did feel that when I came out of my teacher training program that I was, I was the strongest that I'd been in a while mm-hmm. and that I was kind of on the upswing of, of really feeling, feeling my best. Now, a question, because you mentioned that when you were barefoot, your feet would hurt, but you have to do yoga barefoot. So yes. Do, how yes, did that work? I would um I could I still did my practice barefoot, but I couldn't walk around the studio barefoot, which okay. you'll see me do all the time now. So I had like these little house slippers that I would wear when I was outside of practice. So there was something about being stationary that was okay, mm-hmm. but something about walking that wasn't okay. Uh, okay. I yeah, see. and it was it wasn't exactly a pain, it was just a weird, uncomfortable feeling. Mm, it's, it was, okay. it's hard to explain. It wasn't like, ow, it just was, ooh, I don't, I don't like the way this feels. And, and mm-hmm. somehow finding the right kind of padding for the shoes somehow helped it, helped it to feel better. Okay. And so, so within a year you were feeling better, and when did you get to a point where you just felt like, I, I, I beat this? I don't have this anymore. Yeah, it it took it took a lot longer than that. I would say within okay. a year, I did feel better. But um, I remember the first few years were still really rough. Like I would say the first mm-hmm. the first three years, um, especially like the summers when the summers would come, like um, real swampy in DC. Mm-hmm. I did have a really really hard time with that. I remember like you know just not wanting to go out or be out. Um, so I would say the first three or four years were really, really rough, and then I, uh, then it's it, it sort of happened gradually, and I and I just really started feeling, I just really started feeling better. Um, I was on, um, I sort of was on a few different medications. I went through a few different things, um, but I really decided, you know, I, in it, I didn't have any more classic symptoms. You know, I had some mm-hmm. fatigue, I had some tiredness, but I didn't I didn't get any more acute symptoms. I didn't have any more problems okay. with my eye. I didn't have any more neuropathy. I didn't have any more um sort of tingling in any other places that tends to happen or loss of mobility um in other areas of my limbs that tends to happen. So I felt I felt really good about that. You know, I felt like whatever I was doing was working. My combination mm-hmm. of my medication, my combination of my yoga practice, my combination of my good attitude as well. I did keep up a really, really good attitude. I never let myself go into that place of why me, why is this happening to me, any of those things that you do go through um, when you get an initial diagnosis. But I just really decided that um, if this was going to be an aspect of me, it didn't have to be the most telling aspect of myself that there were there were other things that I was going to keep doing and being involved in and really growing and manifesting 
in myself. So I put a lot of attention into my physical practice, into making my mm-hmm. body really, really strong, into um, you know setting myself challenges for things I wanted to do, setting myself goals for for keeping up my practice, and really designing my whole life around that, and making my my personal well being the most important thing for myself. Really being my own advocate and just designing mm-hmm. my life around that and that just meant things like um you know going to bed like I needed to go to bed early and I needed to get up at a certain time like there were just things like that I needed to eat at certain times I noticed that if I was hungry um I had a much harder time with things and I, I remember that did, early on that I really had to did, have have a regular eating schedule a good question. Did you change your diet at all from, you know, from the time you were diagnosed to now or uh, as you were, you know, gradually getting and feeling better, did you change your eating at all? I did not, but I've had very healthy eating since before this happened to me because I was really okay. strongly into my practice. I was very aware of what I put in my body. So I didn't feel like I need to. When I looked at my life, I didn't feel like, gosh, I really should be cutting this out. Um, I felt like I had um, a healthy diet that really nourished me in the way that I needed, mm-hmm. and I and I okay. stayed with that with that same thing. I just noticed that I had to really be more regular about my eating habits and not let myself get too hungry because then I felt I kind of felt the weakness come on in a way right. that. Uh, that I knew I could prevent if I just kind of kept my blood sugar a little more steady. So when, then what when were you? Oh, I'm sorry. When were you nope. completely off medication? Because I know you you're not on medication now. Yes, so that's when correct. Did it, how 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 long did it take for you to just um, wean yourself, I guess, off the medication mm-hmm. completely? Let's see. I, I started medicating in 2003 and. In 2010, I believe is when when I stopped. Maybe two. It might have been early in 2011. Actually, it's probably when it was. It was probably the spring okay. of 2011, and it was a decision that I, I did make with my doctor. Um, I'd mm-hmm. had um, I continued all my regular checkups, and I got regular MRIs, and I really felt like uh, the medications. And, again, since I haven't been on the medications in a while, I don't know what new therapies they have with the side effects. But the side effects are really, really difficult, and and they never really got better. No matter how many years I was on them, like the side effects just never went away. And I started feeling like I was doing well. My tests were clear. My MRIs looked really, really good. They looked the best that they had ever looked, which they say can't happen. They say once Mm -hmm. you have these plaques in your brain, that's it. They don't go away. But my MRIs showed that they did go away. And Mm -hmm. so I brought this up with my doctor. I was like, you know, maybe... Maybe I don't need to be on these medications. The side effects are difficult for me. I feel really good. Like, can we, can we, can we stop taking it? I just really felt like, like I just needed a break. I was having a hard mm-hmm. time with the side effects, and I, and I just felt like I'd had, I just had had enough. Anyone who's on any kind of long-term medication knows what it feels like, and you just get to that point, and you feel like enough is enough. Is there any other option? So we went back and we looked at everything. We looked at all my scans. I got all new scans. And we looked at it and decided that while we were stepping into the unknown, if I felt comfortable with that and uh, pretty much, you know, if I agreed that if there was any change in how I felt or any of my scans, um, that he would recommend that I immediately go back on the medication. Um, And I said, okay, you know, I'm willing to I decided I was willing to take that risk. That that was mm-hmm. uh, that was just where where I was. I wanted to take that risk, and um, that was in 2011. And okay. um, you know, I continue to be very aware of it. I I take care of myself. I continue my practice. I continue my my good attitude, my healthy lifestyle. You know, all these things. Um, but I will say that I have not been able. I've not had to go on medication. I've, I've remained asymptomatic. Um, they do mm-hmm. say the longer you go without having symptoms, the, the less likely you are to have symptoms. So I sort of have that statistic in my favor. 
at this point. Mm-hmm. And I feel, I, you know, I wake up again and I feel, I feel really good. And uh, when, when the TED Talk came around and when they asked me to speak about that, um, I decided to speak about this, um, hoping that I could help other people. It's something that I really didn't share outside of, of speaking about it in the TEDx talk. It's not something most of my students knew. It was something I, I really kept very private for the most part. Wow. And then when this opportunity came around, I thought, well, you know, this, this may be an appropriate forum for this. And I mm-hmm. wanted to share it with people really so I could empower people that whatever your diagnosis is, that that doesn't have to define you, that you don't have to let that be what you're all about and that you can you can really find find a way to continue to express yourself to, to continue to do what you can you know to nourish yourself that's that's one of the things i really wanted people to get to get out of the talk well that is wonderful cuz i'm i'm so glad that you did share that information in the ted talk you're actually the second person i've met who um has cured, I, I say cured themselves with yoga from MS. Uh, I, I had another um, guest on uh, a few months ago by the name of Sam Sam Shelley, and he lives in the Philadelphia area. He had several um, um, incurable diagnoses, M- MS being one of them, and his first um, step to recovery was yoga. And then from yoga, he got into meditation, and mm-hmm. he has—he is no longer. He used to be on thirteen different medications, and wow. he is uh, on no medications, and he is doing fine. So, and so you're like when I'm like I keep hearing these amazing stories of people who did not allow their diagnosis to define them. Um, they they took control of yes, their own the health. The body is amazing. Like we really mm-hmm. are, we really are these living miracles, and we do have a great ability to heal ourselves. And I I always decided that I didn't know to what extent I could physically heal myself. You know, I really didn't mm-hmm. know, but I thought you know there there are other kinds of healing. If you can be healed in your mind, if you can be at peace you know, with your emotional state, and there's so many other ways that that's got to affect your physical form. I mean, I, I believe that. I believe in that union right. of the body, mind, and exactly. spirit. So, yeah, uh, well, exactly. I don't know, but there's a lot of yeah. different avenues, and if I can really use all avenues that are available to me, and if I can go mm-hmm. into this um, really with no expectation and just, you know, believing that this is the best thing I can be doing for myself, I believed that that I would see results and that I would see it because I wasn't depending on someone else or something else. It was really coming from within. Yes, 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 yes. You you just touched upon so many things that resonate with me because I truly believe that everything that we need, we really have already within us. Um, like you, you mentioned earlier about the students coming to the studio. You get that sense they're all trying to feel still avoid, which yoga is great because what yoga does do, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a newbie to the practice, but from my understanding of yoga, it is um, that mind-spirit-body connection. And once you have that, once you have a healthy mind, healthy spirit, healthy body, you're going you're gonna find within, each yes. internally, what you're looking for. And it's probably will be different for every single student. But once you, you make that connection, that it will come from within what you need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I believe you that. You said it exactly. Yep, you got mm-hmm. it. See, it doesn't take long. <laughs> it doesn't take long. Yeah. That's, that's something you feel right away. That's why yoga is so powerful is that when you commit to it, because, Carolyn, I remember you came in and you were like, I'm here, I'm on a mission, this is how often I want to come to class. You were right. ready. You were really yeah. ready for that healing to happen. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. your healing is very different from the person who came in before you, the person coming in after you. You had a different sense in yourself of right. what that meant to you, but you were you were ready. You were committed, and you yeah. were 
sticking to a schedule because that's important. You know, we can say we want a lot of things, but we need our actions to back that up. And you came right. in and you showed up and you were willing to do the work and to not shy away from it. And when we have that commitment and that determination in ourselves, then then just we really see that, that so much is possible, that we're really, we really have the possibility within ourselves for so yes. many great things. That's so true, because that's also one of the missions I have for the radio show is also to share that message of um, self-empowerment, self-healing. So you, what, what you have, you really, when you find that quiet space, that quiet, like with yoga, you, you quiet your mind, you connect with your breath, um, when you do that, you you find what you're seeking, and um, that's partly that's also uh, one of the missions of this show is to share that message, the message of oneness, as as well as the message of self healing, self um, self empowerment. I guess is the best mm-hmm. word, and uh, that's why I love when I meet you know people like you that have gone through you know a devastating diagnosis and are your you everything you planned in your life you're doing you plan to be a a a yoga instructor you plan to have your own studio you didn't let the a uh, little thing like ms stop you <laughs> you know exactly. it's just, it it's so amazing now i also have saw i read on the web your website that you're also certified in Zen Wellness Medical Qigong. Okay. Could you explain to our listeners what uh, Zen Wellness Medical Qigong is? Qigong, am I saying that right? Yes, Qigong. Yes, you're doing great. And that is, it's another healing modality. It's another Mm -hmm. Eastern healing art, which really works with the energy in the body. And mm-hmm. I talk about it a little bit in class when you're you're really in the zone and you notice that there's sometimes a little bit of a little bit of buzzing in the body. It's almost like you're still yet there's a movement in you. There's a rhythm of yourself that you're feeling. And that's that's your life force and that's that's the chi or the prana as sometimes in yoga it's called. In Qigong we call it chi. And that's mm-hmm. the life force that you're trying to continuously move through your body. And in mm-hmm. Qigong, as well as in yoga, and in my life, and I teach this to all my students, we work on this in one way or another, that when the energy in your body isn't moving, it gets stale, it gets stagnant, it gets dirty, it gets heavy, and that's when disease moves in. So we're mm-hmm. doing all of these modalities to help us keep that energy moving throughout the body and to keep us in good health. So in Qigong, there's many different movements that are involved. There's different meditations. I would really say that my personal meditation practice grew out of my Qigong practice. Mm-hmm. And okay. it's just another healing art that helps you address the body and helps you move physically in the body. It helps you move in stillness, in meditation through the body. It helps you move in your breath work through the body. Mm. Okay. Um, for me, I guess um, my meditation is usually a moving mo- I I meditate while I, I walk. I do, I do power walks every morning, and I, I, I look at the trees and the sky and, and just observe, I just try to be very present in the now yes. and observe what's around me and be very still and, and you know, just connecting, noticing the trees and the leaves and the sky and whatever sounds um, that are, are going by. So I'm, I'm more of a moving meditation, meditator, and so the yoga uh, practice works so well for me. Um, but the only time I do a sitting meditation where I'm sitting quietly and really just focusing on my breath is when I'm at the lake. I love mm. just the water. Yeah. And when I'm at a lake, I will sit 
and I will meditate for hours, and it will just, yeah. But um, it just but takes movie, you into the zone. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But I, I do understand that. I've never done Qigong, and I, I, I do want to learn more about that and maybe try that. Um, but I, because I know it's a, a, a kind of a moving, a moving meditation. So yes. and I'm, yeah, yeah. A lot I of like people moving. are familiar with Tai Chi. So it's along mm-hmm. the same vein of that. Tai Chi is a form of Qigong. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. I just thought that for me it's the, the, the healing, the, the natural healing modalities always resonate with me so much. Um, I just try to stay moving, like you say. So if I, I, I believe if I keep moving, uh, I'm letting that energy flow <laughs> yes. through me, yes. like you say. Exactly. If you, uh if you like, sit too long or are very um, stationary, that it, it, like you said, the the chi, the energy just kind of gets blocked, and then that's when disease can filter in. So exactly. I, I'm a big believer believer in that. Now share with our, our listeners also a little bit about you're going to be going in October, I think. To it's what it is the 2015 Mind Body Bold Conference. Yes, what that is, yeah. I'm very excited about mm-hmm. that. It's okay. actually a collection of studio owners, of yoga studio owners, wellness studio owners, coming together to to learn and to bond and to network and just mm-hmm. have that support of being in the yoga studio industry and connecting with students and just really we're going to go and share different ways that we're able to connect with students, um, some different business practices that help us reach our students, that help us get our students to commit to themselves, to commit to a practice. And I'm really excited. I am going to be speaking to a group there um, about how to reach people, how to get your message out there, how to get people into your studio and excited about what you're teaching. Because I think that, as we know, there's really been this explosion of yoga and wellness mm-hmm. and Eastern yeah. healing arts and these modalities that are that are more natural, that aren't involving meditate medications, not meditations, right. um, but medication. <laughs> medication. Western <laughs> and medication. Uh, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And that we mm-hmm. as studio owners need to really find a way to to reach people and to be um, supportive of each other and find a way to really bring these modalities out into the world through our mm-hmm. studios. So that's what we're going to be meeting about and connecting with each other about and then hopefully coming back to our own schools with some some good ideas about how to just keep keep doing what we're doing and keep right. keep at it because I think that you'll probably find maybe you find this with some of your other guests you'll have to let me know Sometimes okay. when you're in this kind of field, um, it can it can be discouraging sometimes because you'll help a lot of people, um, and then you'll you'll sort of feel like there's some sort of setback, or um, you know that you're not you're not doing as much as you can. Like it's it's a very interesting field to be in. You always feel like you want to be doing more and and helping more people and you're just not always sure sometimes you wonder are you are you is it worth it what you're doing are you really helping people you'll you'll go through some self-doubt so it can be helpful to go through you know to connect with people at conferences like this exactly that are going through the same thing exactly um yeah i actually um went to i the first time i've ever went to la was this past May, I was invited by Dr. Reverend Michael um, Beckwith, who is the um, spiritual um, leader of Agape Center, which is another thing, another inspiration of mine is to open a community, a nonprofit community center in my area called the Kyle Foundation Center um, in my son's memory. But it was both the, the radio show and the community center, the Kyle Center, are all um, 
just me following my heart, you know. And I I understand what you're saying about when you when you follow your heart. Sometimes you could, you wonder, hmm, am I really, you know, is it worth it, you know? Mm-hmm. But um, I true truly believe that if that's what we were put here for. That's why we came into this existence. Whatever our heart, our passion is, your passion was yoga, to open your own yoga studio, and you followed it. Even though you had that diagnosis of MS, you still followed your heart. And it's gonna, And I, I just believe in my heart <laughs> that if you follow your heart, it's always going to lead you to where exactly where you're supposed to be, and it will always be something good. So um, it's it, but it's very good to be because when I went to LA um, to the Agape Center, um, the 2015 Revelation um, celebration, I was a, surrounded by other people like me, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and it and it's was wonderful. Like so ah, it was. So inspiring! It was like ah, it's like so. Uh, you you have to do that every now and then. Every few months, you have to go and in, immerse yourself in the same people that are in that same vibe that are going with the flow the way you are. You have to kind of surround yourself by them just to to re-energize and then go back to you know go back to your studio, go back to your neck of the woods and and. And carry on your work because, yeah, I I understand exactly what you're saying. Yes, yes. And I would even say that when someone does get some kind of diagnosis, that there's that tendency not to go out, not to connect with other people. And if anyone is listening, I would really encourage that person to go out, to find a community to connect mm-hmm. with because I think that's yeah. also what I really found in my yoga practice was I also found a healing community that I could go be a part of and mm-hmm. that helped me to do everything that I've done. I don't, you know, I couldn't mm-hmm. do it on my own. Like while healing is a very right. personal thing and a yoga practice is very personal, like you say, we're all connected. You know, we're all one. Yeah. So if you can go and be with a community, I think that that makes everything just a little bit easier and a little more inspired. Yes. Also, you are blessed to have a partner, a life partner, yeah. who yeah. is also a yogi. Can Can you share um, a little bit about how you guys met and yes. what you – yes, please. Yes, my husband, his name is John, but we affectionately call him Yanni at the studio, which is his Greek name because he's a Greek mm-hmm. heritage. And uh, incidentally, um, agape is a Greek word. It's the Greek word for yes. love. So that's really yes. the love center. So when I when I yes. read that, I was like, oh, agape. Yes, yes. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> the thing and, about uh, agape, oh, I'm sorry, the Greek word mm-hmm. uh, agape it means unconditional love because uh, in the Greek they had more than one word for love. Yes, they're so very agape, into love. <laughs> yes, is is yes is the unconditional divine love. So yes, but even yes. better. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. we met a few years ago. Um, maybe let's see. We've been we've been together about. We've been married for three years. We just had our three-year anniversary earlier this month. Um, we've been together, uh, thank you, just, mm-hmm. um, we, we kind of got, as soon as we started dating, we sort of knew that that, that was it. So we've been together almost four years, but not quite. But we now, knew each other meet, for, for many years before we, did we you started meet, dating. Did you meet doing yoga? How you know, you everybody always wants to know that. And uh, <laughs> we did not meet doing yoga. We met through a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. And while um, Yanni had come to the studio a couple times, really it wasn't until, as I say, when he started wooing me that he suddenly showed up in the practice room every day. Okay. <laughs> but um, but really we met outside outside the yoga studio, and um, we were we were very good friends for many years, and then just you know the right the circumstances just one day really really brought us brought us together and I just remember, mm-hmm. you know, looking at him across my kitchen table and going, 
wow, I think I think this is it. I think this is the guy mm-hmm. for me. And uh-huh. I just, I know it sounds so silly, but, you know, I just, I, I knew, like, as soon as we started dating, I just knew that that he was this was one. really a great match for me. Mm-hmm. And um, we just have, we we get to work together in this in this common goal. He uh, he works with us here at the studio, and you know works towards the greater good of all of our students, and just helps me just by being so wonderful. I couldn't ask for anybody anybody better. Um, we really complement each other. Things that I'm good at, he's not so good at. Things that he's really good at, I'm terrible at. So we really we just <laughs> really have a great compatibility. It's true. Yes. It is really, really true in us. That you, and yes. I feel I feel really blessed to have a partner who um really works works with me in this common goal of helping people, going through this transformation, wanting the best for people. And he comes from a very a very spiritual family. He's known yoga his whole life. Um his mother okay. has been into yoga. His mother also does Reiki and feng shui, and all different kinds of healing. So he really grew up in these healing arts. So when we Modality. met, we just, mm-hmm. yeah, we just really, really clicked, really clicked together, and it just felt really comfortable. Amazing. Now, could, please share with our audience how they can find you online. Yes, so the they easiest can... way yeah. is <laughs> com. And if you just even search Steamtown Yoga or if you search Hot Yoga, um, you you should be able to find us. We are located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. But we would love to hear, I'd love to hear from any of your viewers. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. So I know that uh, there's always a a lot of buzz about these podcasts that you do. So I am more than happy to answer any kind of question. Um, I do sometimes get very personal questions from people um, about mm-hmm. perhaps some different diagnoses that they've had. Do I recommend hot yoga for them? You know, sometimes people are looking for certain things and they want to just, you know, bounce some ideas off of right. someone who's, who's been in a similar situation. So I want to assure everyone that, that I've gotten, you know, all kinds of questions about all kinds of health and I'm not a healthcare practitioner, but I can give you my story, and um, right. I, I would love to, to listen, and I, I can just give you, you know, another another point of view if that's what they're seeking, and I would love for them to connect with me again in all those social medias. They can also find us as Steamtown Yoga, and yeah. I would love to connect well, what, with them. What's so wonderful is just you sharing your story. I mean, there's, um, I just, there's a neighbor down my on my block just down the street. Um, I've seen her. I haven't met her, but I did find out she's in a wheelchair, and I was wondering because she's very young. She's in her her early 40s. Um, She has MS. She has a young son, 8 years old. And um, so there's so many um, people that even, you know, listening, and then like the great thing about Internet radio, they don't have to listen live. This will be on the Internet, and anybody with a computer all over the world can listen to this broadcast um, and be inspired by your story. So I I find that's another um, thing I like to do with this show is, you know, have more people like you and Sam, anyone who has overcome those challenges, um, share those stories because just your story is the inspiration that another person might need to hear so they can say, okay, you know what, I think I'm not going to let this diagnose stop me. I'm going right. to do what my heart is telling me to do. So yes. just sharing and they're your not story alone. is amazing. They don't have to do mm-hmm. it alone. They can reach out to any of us. And exactly. it's so powerful that you have exactly. this show, that you are bringing people together. Because I think also that's why, that's why we come to yoga. We come to yoga and these modalities first to connect to ourselves yes. at the soul level. Mm-hmm. And when we find that self-connection, then, like you said, at the beginning of the show, we realize we are connected to everyone yes. else. We're not separate. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's so important that true. you have this show and that people are able to connect all over to all over the world. Well, 
that's that's what I, I love internet radio because it's not like uh, old fashioned radio. You missed the show, you missed the show. <laughs> you know? yep. But internet radio, it's there. Once it's on the internet, it's there for life. That's right. I, also, <laughs> I like to share with you and with um, the listeners. I'm really, really excited. Awake to Oneness Radio and the Kyle Foundation. Um, the Kyle Foundation will be hosting our first event, and it will be um, we'll be hosting um, a celebration of Global Oneness Day. Now, uh, we will be hosting a, a celebration for Global Oneness Day at the Pocono Mountain Public Library in Tobihanna on Saturday, October twenty fourth, from ten a.m. to two p.m. Um, this is actually the sixth annual Global Oneness Day celebration, which is um, sponsored by Humanities Team. What it is is a free virtual all-day summit, so you'll be able to listen live to speakers like Michael Bernard Beckwith, um, Neil Donald Walsh, um, um, Mary Ann, Mary Ann Williamson, Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Um, Panastasai, and many more. I mean, there's like close to 50 speakers, and these speakers will be speaking live from actually our time, East Coast time. It will be 11 a.m. to 12 midnight. They, they wow. will be, uh, it will be broadcast from the West Coast, which is 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. But from our, our time, it will be 11 a.m., to 12 midnight, and um, Awake to Oneness Radio and the Kyle Foundation will be hosting a celebration. We'll have refreshments, we'll have live music, we'll have videos, and then we'll get to listen to the first three hours of the live stream um, summit while we're um, together at the at the library community room. So I just wanted to share that because I, I kind of... Just kind of decided to do that a few days ago. <laughs> I said, That's you wonderful. Know what? Uh, yeah, I said, you know, um, with Global Oneness Day, I've been actually, like I said, this is the sixth annual Global Oneness Day, and I've been uh, celebrating personally, been celebrating Global Oneness Day for the last six years. Um, last year, actually, I created a video for Global Oneness Day, and that will be one of the videos we'll be uh, viewing at our celebration. Um, But I said, you know, this year, now that I have the radio show, uh, I'm starting the nonprofit foundation. We need to team up and just host an event, and this will be our first annual um, Global Oneness Day that Awake to Oneness Radio and the Kyle Foundation will be uh, hosting. So I wanted to share that. And if anyone is interested, let me give you the links. If anyone's interested in learning more about Global Oneness Day, you can go to www.globaloneness.org. So that's globaloneness.org, all one word. All right, if you want any information on the celebration that Awake to Oneness Radio and the Call Foundation will be um, hosting at the Mount Pocono Public Library. Go to www.awake2onenessradio.org. So that's awake2onenessradio.org. So, Laura, I can't believe the hour is just about gone, <laughs> and uh, it, fly, it flew by because when you're having fun, <laughs> when you're having That's fun, right. the, time, yeah, the time just flies, but I thank you so, so, so much, and actually, I will not be at hot yoga tomorrow. I told Yanni today I was coming, but I'm actually going hiking tomorrow. Oh, wow, <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, I'm going hiking at 10 <laughs> actually hosting a group <laughs> and we're oh, hiking wonderful. around yeah toby hannah state park so um i will be missing another hot yoga class but i won't miss it next saturday but this saturday Good. i won't be at hot yoga <laughs> okay well thank you so so much i i so appreciate you coming on to the show and sharing your story because it is so inspirational it really is i I definitely 
um, shared your story with my daughter. I'm hoping that, you know, actually Sam, the gentleman I told you about, he actually has gone and talked to her. So I, I know her hearing these stories is going to give her the inspiration to just follow her dreams. And everybody right. listening, just just follow your heart. Follow your dreams. Don't let anything stop you. Just, you know, that, that's the best advice any of us can give. So thank, thank you so you. much. And you say hi to Yanni for me. I and will. <laughs> have a wonderful weekend. Okay. Thank you. I'm gonna thank we're gonna you, say Caroline. Good, okay. Good night. I'm gonna just uh we're gonna say good night and we will give a little jingle <laughs> as we leave. Okay. Good night.